believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, that is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real-life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, but simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Well, today, I am delighted to have someone very special in many ways, and it is my daughter-in-law, Samira. You know, I was thinking about this podcast. I, I thought of a, a title based on Samira, and the title is Becoming More Resilient, Competent, and confident. As we go on, you'll, you'll probably see why I asked her to join us tonight, because she is perhaps the most resilient, competent, and confident person I know, and, and I think you will agree. And I'd like to start out by, by saying that you are, by trade, by career, a neurophysiologist. Is that how I would, am I saying it correctly? That is correct, yes. And you deal with the fizzies, physiology, right? The fizzies, yes. <laughs> what, what exactly is a neurophysiologist? I didn't know before, when I first met you. I thought uh, I had no idea what it was. So tell us, what is a neurophysiologist? Well, that's quite all right that you didn't know. Uh, most people thought it was a, it's a fake job once they first hear it. <laughs> what I did do in the OR, um, the operating room for people that don't work in a hospital, is I manage watching the patient's nervous system while they are undergoing any high-risk spine or brain surgeries. So I have electrical electrodes that I set up on the patient and I do basically electrical stimulation on the patient and give the surgeon real-time feedback information on the patient's neurological status. So we're not having any injuries when they wake up from surgery. Um, no paralysis, no strokes. How did you get into, I mean, did you, did you wake up as a five-year-old and say, I think I'd like to be a neurophysiologist? How, how, did, you, how did you wind up on that path? Well, as a five-year-old, I always thought I was going to be a pediatrician. Oh, really? um, I do. I've always loved medicine. That was a good fit. It's a really rewarding uh, field because you're getting a lot of patient care, but you're also getting to work at a high level with the surgeons and help direct their um, operating and make it a successful out outcome for the patient. It's nice. Yeah, I mean, it certainly sounds that way. And at five years old, you wanted to be a pediatrician. I should mention that, that Samira is also the mother of my two lovely grandchildren, yes. Elia and Darian. And uh, we were we were with uh, Elliot tonight, and she's she's also enthralled with her pediatricians. So it doesn't surprise me that at five years old, uh, although Elliot is not five, she's a little bit more precocious than you were. But at five <laughs> years old, you were you were defining your life in in kind of medical terms. The thing is that you know, and I want to go through some of your your many talents because I think it's important. I, the reason I think it's important is because I've, I've watched you over the years that I've known you, and I've seen you take on, just give you an example tonight, um, we were, we were at, at dinner at, at Samira's, and, and I said to her, you know, I was trying to 
drill a hole through the wall in my house to put send out an ethernet cable and the two foot drill bit that I was using got stuck in one of the beams. And I said, all right, come here, Samira, here's, here's your challenge for tonight. How do I get a drill bit out? The drill wouldn't undo it. So the drill was slipping and couldn't get it out. How do I get the drill bit out? And what did you say? And I said, wouldn't you just use, oh my goodness, what's the name of it now? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say hacksaw, but that's not right. No, I said no, the right no. thing. You did. You said the you said the vice grip. The vice grips. I didn't. <laughs> I know. I, I got you on the spot. Right but she but she said it. She knew it immediately. Now, uh, would how many of you listening to this would know how to get a drill bit out of a stuck two by four? You'd use a vice grip, of course. Now, how does Samira know all this? Well, that that's that's really the question because there's so many things that she she really just kind of finds ways to to kind of understand things, to figure things out. We we've seen various Christmases where no one could figure out. I I, I can't even remember some of the things we were trying to put together, everything from toys to curtain rods to everything else, and. And, and yeah, well, even the curtain rod and we and Justin, my son and little, uh, Samira's husband, we, we had it backwards or something and we, we missed the, the little clips and Samira takes one look at the, the instructions, which she devours because like, like so many other people, myself included, uh, you know, I tend to almost put the put the uh, instructions aside and just try to leap in intuitively and figure things out. But Samira's thorough. So is that is that a, a, a trait now? I'm impatient. I mean, I, I have a, when I was a kid, I had a model. I didn't want to look at the instructions. I just wanted to put it together and figure it out. Is that a trait of a successful, competent person is to be thorough, to be able to be patient enough to do, do it the right way rather than my way? I think so. I, I mean, those directions, you, you guys are kind of terrible at them, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I do think that it has a lot to do with uh, the reasons that I've been able to like take on more and more tasks is just, you know, it goes back to having messed up the first times I, you know, tried to take on a little project and you learn from those mistakes and then you realize, oh, the directions really matter. And you know what? There's always a nuance in the directions that mm. they aren't going to tell you but you're going to get caught up on it. So I always really try to take my time and be really diligent about those things because I feel like in the end, that's the, the kind of key to some, some of the successes I have and to eliminate a lot of frustrations. You know, I really like to optimize my time and, you know, if I'm going to do a project now with kids, I don't have mm -hmm. that much time. So I really got to prep myself yeah. in the best way. But, you know, you mentioned uh, if you mess up and that's where a lot of people just give up. Uh, they have, you know, I made a mistake. A lot of people, you know, especially pessimistic types of people, they they tend to just give up, throw their hands up. I can't do this. I remember from the book, um, The Road Less Traveled, by, uh, by Peck. And he was saying that he was walking by a neighbor's house one day and he saw the guy mowing the, fixing a lawnmower. And he, and he yelled to the neighbor, you know, I'd love to be able to fix a lawnmower, but I don't have that ability. And the neighbor said, well, you just, you just have to apply yourself. You don't know if you have the ability unless you really apply yourself. And it's kind of what you're saying is that messing up is, is part of life. You can't expect to hit the bullseye every time you try to do something. But for some people, 
missing that target the first time, that, that ends it right there. They don't go forward. They don't keep going. You keep going. And, and I could mention a half a dozen things that you've done. And, and what comes to mind is sheetrocking a whole wall. Um, you and I, back when you were living in New York, you, you were very curious as to how I was cutting out the sheetrock. And I was, I was kind of showing you and telling you, but, but really paying more attention to getting the sheetrock done. But you were observing and you took all that in. And, and I remember coming to your house right after you finished that sheetrock and this wall was done perfectly and son of a gun you know you <laughs> you 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 really you really embrace that so so trial and error uh, you know not giving up on yourself not quitting were you always that tenacious were you always never a quitter i mean what about setbacks how do you handle setbacks so I have so much to say on this. So I would think that for me, that is one of the things where it's like, if there's a setback, it's okay because every project that I've ever started taking on, I always say, you know, okay, this, this might work and this could be great. Or if I fail, I have a really, really good story about a really fun, epic failure that I can share with everyone and have a good laugh. And even if I'm really frustrated in the moment, I know that it'll work itself out or I'll just have to hire somebody to help me in the end. But, um, yeah, but let, me know, those... a, let me interrupt a second. But you see, that that is kind of, in my mind, that's a kind of resilient attitude where you're not kind of blaming yourself and saying, what a jerk I am. I couldn't figure that out. Uh, that attitude is is really quite, uh, I, I think, encouraging, isn't it, that you you kind of take it like it's not the end of the world, uh, that messing up is part of life and it's not, it's not the, you know, the fait accompli. So yeah, that I, I, I really respect that attitude of just something that doesn't work out isn't necessarily worth criticizing yourself, putting yourself down, blaming yourself or blaming others. Well, it's not my fault that, you know, I was interrupted while I was trying to figure it out. So, so you, you kind of flow with the ups and downs, but you continue to go forward to the end, right? Yeah, I think it's like anything where it, it's, you know, I, I listened to your podcast last week and I heard you mention the thing about, you know, it's like a muscle that you can build. You try it again, you try it again. And it's, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, you keep trying something and the next time you just build on top of that. And it's like, you keep working that muscle where you keep trying, even if you do fail, that's okay. You can, you can have failures, but the, the fact that you took the step, that's always kind of the biggest thing. You know, there was a couple of years ago, one of my new year's resolutions was to bake bread because for some reason, the idea of baking bread was this very intimidating thing to me. And after the first time I did it, I was like, that was pretty good. And it, that initial hurdle just seemed to help melt away a lot of the other insecurities I had maybe going forward with something so little, but that makes a difference. Just trying that one thing, taking that first step, even though I thought, oh, this is going to be a disaster. And, you know, I can bake bread pretty decently now. <laughs> but not only do you bake bread, I mean, you are an exquisite Persian cook, and I'm sure many other ethnic varieties from Greek to Persian, but but uh, uh, you 
you are enthralled with the creative process. You know, in, in, in alchemy, they call it the kasanato, I think it's called the, the fire, the things that come up and, and we meld them together. And it's, it's really, do you, do you feel that your interest and love of these exotic dishes that you make is, is really like a canvas for you. It's, it's more of a creative process than just slaving over a stove. Yeah, you know, and I, I think there's like a deeper level of the food stuff. It's just a way to, you know, I, I feel like it's like a way to honor your family in a way, honor those traditional roots. Um, and, you know, I, I think food is its its own magic. It brings people together. You know, it's it's just like the heart of the home to me. But I think that those things really kind of are worth a little bit of the effort because the reward of like bringing the family together and stuff seems so, so lovely. And it's something that, you know, you don't get that often, you know, when you get to come and gather everyone together. So I just think of that as it's worth the effort to have those moments in my life. And I'm, I'm someone that if I don't mind sacrificing my time or putting in some effort to kind of create this life that I feel like, you know, I envision, you know, a big family sitting around a table, you know, granted, I don't want to cook every night all the time in those meals, <laughs> but to create is, is a wonderful thing. And because it, it doesn't only give me deep satisfaction in those ways, but it's a way to like bestow um, generosity and kindness and love onto others. And I think that's like a really nice way to kind of you know, navigate life and use as a compass. So, yeah. And, and, you know, the, the food I, I mentioned, like it's your, one of your, it's one of your canvases. You, you do these things that, and I don't know where you come up with them. I mean, it's, I will just mention a few of them as we go along here, but this thing with, I don't even know what it's called. You make these um, logos and stuff. What, what is that? On that oh, like hand lettering printed. and calligraphy and design yeah. stuff. But also, also on, on the internet, that thing you have that makes the banners and. Yeah. Oh, the cricket. <laughs> is that what that is? Yeah, my new my new present I have. Yeah. But you're always every time I every time I visit, you're always bringing something else out that you've created or that you've figured out how to create. And, and and so so tell me a little bit about is it is it that because I, you know I work with a lot of people who just can't get motivated they they say they have no interests and it's very pathetic when you hear someone it's not just depression it's a part of depression sometimes but they have no interest they have no motivation I can't you know, wine 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 but for you uh, the world seems to be like you can't get enough of it. So you are on the opposite end of the pole where, where life for you is nothing but a, a smorgasbord of just all these wonderful things that you can do. And it's always something new. I mean, you're getting all these, these kind of cabinets that you put together and, uh, yeah, and uh, what, what, what advice might you have? Now, of course, this is unique to you. You've, you've kind of cultivated this person that you are throughout your life. But if you were with a friend, and your friend was telling you, gee, Samira, you're so creative. You do all these wonderful things. You know, I wish I wish I had that enthusiasm. Do you have any advice you might give that person? Yeah, um, I think with that whole creative stuff, I mean, granted, maybe I, you know, came from a creative and artistic mother and an engineering father. So 
those kind of help with a lot of my interests right now. But I think right now, a lot of people have so much self-doubt because we live in this age of, you know, perfection. You see it on social media, you see it on Pinterest, you know, everyone is trying to kind of idolize these really curated images that they see online and stuff. And I always say, you know what, that doesn't matter if this like feels good to me and I like it you know, why not go with it? And I think that kind of releases you from the fears of perfection. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's something where a lot of people struggle with. And, you know, sometimes I see my, see that in myself when, you know, I want to tackle something and I start getting a little bit of self-doubt in those moments. And I think, you know what, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, as, as long as I'm just trying and putting myself out there and just putting a little bit of energy into it and see how it goes. It doesn't have to be, um, you know, you don't have to be perfect in everything you do every single time. It's just fun to try. Would you say that fear, fear of failure is, is a reason why people don't even initiate a creative venture? Is it fear? Do you think mostly fear based? Yeah, I think. And you mentioned doubt, excuse me for interrupting. You said doubt too. On all my podcasts, I always mention the three insecurity driven tip offs, and that's doubts, fears, and negativity. And I guess those three things would would kind of uh, help us understand why someone is frozen and just immobilized with really not having the wealth and creativity that you, you experience. So for you, doubt, fears, and negativities have all been quelled. And somehow you've managed to go beyond fear. And I like what you're saying, because what I hear you saying is that you've kind of relativized it and realized that, you know, these aren't the end of the world. You can mess up a little bit, uh, but it frees you. And and I guess going, if we get beyond the fear part, there's got to be some inclination of, I can do it. Now, help me out with this, but if, if I'm not sure, that, that would go into the doubt, if I'm not sure of my abilities, and I say, well, here's some instructions online for creating this ABC thing, whatever it might be. And, and I, I kind of say to myself, oh, I can't do that. that that's, uh, that's too hard. There's got to be some concept within the person that somehow I'll figure it out, whether I have to go through the front door, the back door, the side door, but somehow See, so that tenacious attitude, certainly you embrace that. You, have you ever met a, a challenge that you started out by saying, I can't do this? Mm, you know, sometimes the doubt is can sneak in. I mean, but not to an unhealthy level where I feel like I, I shouldn't try it anyways. So mm. um, I think that's really important to just feel like, you can still still try it anyways. So one of the things, you know, as we talk about all these accomplishments, there are, there are two things I want to get to. One is being a parent. And the other is, is just simply understanding that in order to, to trust yourself and, and life, there has to be some risk. So if, 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 you're, if you're risk adverse, uh, you're not going to take on a new challenge. You're going to want to preserve the status quo. So I, I would have to assume that change for you, uh, trying something different, doing something new, uh, you're not risk adverse. Why aren't you afraid? 
<laughs> oh, why am I not afraid? That's a good question. I think overall, I mean, I definitely have a, I guess if you want to go back, I feel like on a sad note, there is some like trauma that I feel like I experienced as I was turning like 18, you know, my parents divorced and it was a very, not, not a glamorous situation, but it was kind of at the time where you really had to, you're coming into your own, you're, you're flying the coop, you're, you know, going off to college. And in those moments, you know, I think there was a lot of fear, but also a lot of freedom in that moment to feel like I could curate who I wanted to be at that point. And I realized that the fear was not serving me very well. You know, I felt like there was a lot of fear of, oh, you know, I don't have that safety net now of the support that I once had of like a family unit. And, you know, the list goes on of those like kind of um, residuals from, you know, parents getting divorced. But that in those moments, I realized the fear was keeping me frozen. It was freezing me from creating and freezing me from kind of reaching for things that might make me feel happy. And I think that I really had to kind of drop that fear because it wasn't serving me in any way. It wasn't helping me progress. It wasn't helping me accomplish the things that I wanted to do. And even the smallest things, you know, it's like, oh, I want to read all this, you know, English literature, but the books are so big. I'm mm-hmm. kind of scared to get into it because what if I hate it? And it's like, well, you know what? Read sure, it. Yeah. And if you hate it, throw the book away. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, you know, but a lot of a lot of things that I've read on resilience, they do mention that, you know, growing up with some form of hardship really does foster resiliency. And and I think that, you know, for you and for many who, who have experienced divorce in their in their lives, uh, it, it, you turn the spotlight tends to turn more to you in terms of independence, you know, trying to fare for yourself. Uh, So maybe part of your resiliency comes from learning to be independent, maybe before you were actually ready for it, you had to, you know, kind of switch to survival mode. Uh, And I think that that's, that's true of a lot of people that that really do experience, whether it be illness, death, trauma, uh, sometimes, you know, they say the school of hard knocks, that it probably does make you more resilient. And I guess if we compare that to someone, you know, who has the silver spoon in their mouths and, and helicopter parents, and they're always being taken care of, I would guess you get a little soft. And, 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 and you know, I guess for you, I guess I do, I do kind of sense you to be someone who, uh, you know, it's like, remember the old, are you a millennial, would you say? I'm, I always I get confused. Think technically I am, but I'm on the older end of the millennials. Yeah. <laughs> on the cusp of being something yeah. else. Yeah, because you probably don't remember when I grew up, there was a, a they used to call them uh, Bobo dolls or Bozo dolls, but, you know, it was a blow up doll and it had a big red nose and you could punch it. And it would go down, but it had uh, sand on the bottom. It would come yes. back up, <laughs> you know, and Bobo dolls were, were typically very resilient. And, <laughs> and, and I think, you know, it's kind of how I see you. I, I can't ever imagine that you don't have enough sand in the bottom of your Bobo doll where, where you come back to center. And, and, and that is a really psychologically speaking, that is such a valuable commodity because life is full of challenges 
there isn't any life and any person that's going to not have a challenge. And I'm gonna tell you about a challenge that I had yesterday. And it was quite a challenge for me. And I'm not sure if I was resilient. So I was in the office yesterday, I was working at night and I had some pomegranate juice with some water in it that I had had for lunch. And I, I left it here on the, on the desk and I took a big swig of it. And I said, what the, it felt like a, a pumpkin seed or something in my mouth till it moved. And I spit it out. Oh no. <laughs> it was a stink bug. Oh, cool. <laughs> so I didn't feel very resilient. <laughs> now, I that's, think, that's okay. That moment you, you run out of the room screaming. But, but I think about these survival shows and they eat bugs and they do this and they do that. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm not as resilient as I think I am. But oh, you don't have to play it cool in those moments at all. <laughs> Can you imagine? I, a, put, and I, I could think I didn't chunk on, chump on it because yeah. I don't know much about stink bugs and we, and we don't often have them around here. You know, I've had one or two in the house over the past 20 years. But the only thing I do know is that if you crush them, there's a stink, which they get their name, the stink bug. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I could have very easily crunched that bug. So it would have not only been traumatic in my <laughs> mouth, but I'm sure that you, you get the point. Yeah. But see the trauma of it. It makes for a really good story right now. So we get to <laughs> laugh at it. So but I wasn't laughing. That was one of those ew moments in life. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't blame you in the slightest. I would have probably... <laughs> ran out of the house screaming first <laughs> true story but let's let's talk about uh, parenting because um we have two uh, my wife and i have two lovely grandchildren and your children being a parent now that's i i know it, it's so far you know I, I i'm so far removed from being the parent that i was that i can't i almost can't remember but the challenges of being a parent and the way you've addressed yourself you're so well read. You're so you're so into just so many. And just I remember you showing me, you know, the different uh, things that stimulate the eyes, the black and white first, and then the different. And you just know so much. And you, you and I guess that's part of you and your resilience and tenacity is that you you really want to devour everything you possibly can do. Because your goals in life seem to be that you, you set out, this is what I want to be the best parent I can be, or I want to be the best cook I can be. But, but you always find your goal, or you establish your goal, and then you just dive into it. Is that, is that work? Is that, do you find that arduous? And you could talk a little bit about the challenges of being a parent, too, and how you, how you survive all of that, because it's not easy. You have two children very close in age. And uh, tell us a little bit about parenting. Yeah. Parenting is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, I mean, you know, days are short or the days are long and the years are <laughs> short. So it's a wonderful and very special time. You know, I, I would like, I always try to keep perspective of, you know, this is such a special time in their lives and, you know, it's going to be over and we'll be on to the next stage. And you very, very kindly always remind me when things get tough that it's just a stage and it will pass <laughs> and you know those are always the things that I really need to hear in those moments when it does get tough but I think just you know you trying to put your best foot forward and there's so much out there to know and there's so many styles of parenting and whatever anyone chooses for their 
families, that's wonderful. And I really think that everyone choose their own, but with our kids, it's like trying to do your best of what you can do. And it may not be right for everyone, but trying to do it for our family and help them and nurture them, especially in these first couple of years of their lives, I think are just going to set up, you know, a family unit that's stronger later in life. You know, I, I really hope that that carries on. I mean, you know, teenage years, I'm sure will be tough, but, and also, you know, get them started on the best foot they can going forward into their education. I mean, granted, I'm definitely more of a believer in play versus flashcards and everything like that. But I just want to do what feels balanced for them in their lives. Yeah. And, and, and you, 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 you bring into your house such creative toys. And, and I know that comes from research and, and it's not just, you know, these little toys you pick up in the, in the market, you know, and Toys R Us kind of stuff. These are, these are really, play value toys and and you know and you know all these things and I see them with the kids and I see why the application of these toys is teaching and learning and it's so wonderful it really is Uh, I think that you know mothering and and fathering and being parents is one of the most challenging things in life to do a good job you know we know now what's going on in our in our culture with with violence and everything else that bringing up kids properly with uh, with healthy and 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 solid kind of feelings about themselves and you know it's it's so important and and I think I think Samira that one of the things that I, that you convey to your kids is is that you know there is always the stability of your love and the sternness of your instructions that need to be there so it's always that balance and and you're not lazy and and nor are you lazy at anything I've ever seen you at um, so kind, <laughs> but I, uh, I, I know I, I heard you're going for a massage on Sunday. Oh yes. Uh, he is not lazy because Justin Samira's husband is on a retreat with his business and has been away for a few days. So you've earned a massage. Rightly so. Yes. <laughs> I agree a hundred percent. And isn't that, isn't that part of it being a super person, uh, courageous, sometimes fearless, uh, sometimes tenacious. Isn't it important to self-care? Isn't it important to realize, to charge the batteries, to to go as far as you can, and then to really kick back and take care of yourself? Yeah, I mean, self-care is so important. And I'm really, really trying to make that more a part of my life, you know, with the kids being so young, it's, 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 it's challenge. It's a challenge to carve out that time. But when I do have those little moments, even if it's after they go to sleep, you know, I get to like sit down and put a face mask on <laughs> and indulge in like, you know, paint my nails. That's and what I do clothes. every night. I know. Oh, we're so, we're so <laughs> the same. <laughs> and you know, those, even those like tiny little chunks of time that I get throughout you know, the week, I try to really just be present in those moments and really kind of savor. Oh, I get to watch, you know, another, you know, binge watch some of the office or do all these like, you know, silly girl things that I love to do on the nights that I just kind of have by myself and take bubble baths and make those moments feel really intentional because parenthood is, 
it's, it's just a lot of surrender. You really have to surrender to the chaos sometimes, the little uh, negotiator that I have as a three-year-old daughter. Um, <laughs> Very and, precocious, intelligent three-year-old. Oh, yeah. It's just uh, she's <laughs> going to be a lawyer or something special. I don't know. But, um, you know, that, that surrender, you know, you really give so much of yourself. You give everything when you're yeah. with them. And whether you want to or not, you're giving everything to them. And it's a joy. But at the same time, you give a lot of yourself and you can't, you can't fully appreciate those moments unless you really are intentional about the times that you want to take for yourself just to recharge the battery. And I know, you know, my husband, Justin, your son, uh, we always talk about this, like, oh, it would be so great to just go on a vacation by ourselves and, you know, Back get away. Yeah. Oh, it, just the, the fantasy of those things would be lovely. But you know what? If that's not the reality now, let's take those times that we have and really make them feel mm. like they can satisfy those mm. those needs that you have as you know for some self care. Um, yeah, you know, you mentioned you mentioned. Let me interrupt a second. You mentioned presence. That's that's a good that's a good word for us because that's I think how you survive at the level of efficiency that you have mm -hmm. um, because you don't have a lot of time and your time is gobbled up. Uh, and and you're present though, and that's maybe this is something that anyone that's either working in accounting beans or a corporate where you're just just feeling so just strained with life itself. The more present you are, rather than wishing you were somewhere else constantly, but the more you are present, the more you have an opportunity to to kind of be without encumbered by you know those those things that pull us off of life and into I'd rather be here as soon as you get into I'd rather be here you've just negated the possibility of anything good happening in the moment mm -hmm. and, and and I think and I see that in you with the kids because I mean when 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 I see you with both kids and and both kids are running around mama 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 and <laughs> and but you're still present you know you're still totally there and it's not like an effort for you it's it it's really just you you're part of that moment and it's it's really what makes you i think you know very special in terms of your talents as a parent yeah i think that that being present and in that moment it just it just helps you stay connected to the kids and and connected to yourself in a bit yourself a bit because you can really honor like what they're feeling in those moments um, create those deeper bonds with them because they feel seen, they feel heard. And I think that's really all anyone wants as in life. They want to feel seen and they want to feel heard and they want to feel validated in that, mm -hmm. you know, that's yeah. kind of like a beautiful thing to give them as their mom, as like the person that they kind of want to be seen and, you know, heard Absolutely. and felt by. So, but that presence also kind of keeps me checked in with what my needs are. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's kind of always taking the temperature of your emotional state and making sure that you're not pushing things away. And you're, if you're feeling something, it's okay to feel it. And, you know, I say that same thing to the kids, if you're feeling frustrated, that's okay. You'll feel frustrated. But I also think that 
that feeling, that presence is kind of what drives me to like doing all the creative tasks that I like to pursue because, you know, in those moments I get to just be present with what I'm doing in that moment. Like I get to, you know, do my art stuff. I get to kind of dive deep into trying to tackle some new construction project around the house. You know, those are the things that I feel like really help keep me grounded and, you know, a little bit of a, a escape from just like other things, but a way to kind of be true to my own needs of what I need to do, you know? So I think that's a kind of goes hand in hand with each other. Let me jump in because I'm sure all the millions of people that listen to this podcast are probably <laughs> are probably asking, ask her, ask her the important question. And, and I'm going to do that right now. Do you, and the most important question is, Samira, why do you like power tools? <laughs> this is the most important question of the night. <laughs> ah, power tools. Well, I, I should preface <laughs> that. Samira is now consummate table saw user, circular saw. <laughs> And what's the kind of drill you're getting? The oh, public, a hammer drill. A hammer That's drill. one I have, yeah. Uh, et cetera. It's, uh, you do like power tools, right? I do. It's very fun. And granted, you have been a very good teacher. So thank you very much for all the lessons. Oh, you, you've gone beyond me. But you're the, <laughs> if, you, if you listen to this tape again, you'll hear Samira say that she likes girly stuff with fingernail painting. But she also likes this very, you know, there's no, it's, there's no cookie cutter person here. We're talking about a person that's multifaceted. Yeah, she likes her nails done, but I'm sure you don't mind getting your nails filled with dirt while you plant your tomatoes or, you know, uh, getting, getting into the nitty gritty of uh, putting together. Uh, what are some of those, what the projects you, you do with those? Oh, well, right now it's all about the baby shower. So we're doing lots of crafts oh, doing, on the baby yeah, shower. Yeah, crafts work. <laughs> but, I was, but I was talking about the more, you know, the, the not so typical feminine capacity. Mm. And, that is, and that is that, there, you know, femin, femininity, masculinity are limiting terms. Samira transcends any, any descriptive label and just does it all. And, and that's... That's, you know, I, I mean, I think it's very, very encouraging for anyone that knows Samira to realize that, you know, the only thing that holds you back in life is you. And and if if you're holding yourself back, take a lesson from, from what you're hearing tonight, because it's really true. Samira does not know the meaning of turning away from a challenge. And once you set your goal, once you set your goal and decide that I don't have the answers right now, you have to find those answers. You have to go and do something in order to reach those goals. So, Samira, uh, before we go, uh, just is there anything that that you'd like to really pounce on before we go? I mean, you 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 know, I think we've covered just about the the essence of your resilient, competent, and confident nature. And a lot of people are listening to this, saying that you are an inspiration. I'm sure. And maybe with some some degree of jealousy, but nevertheless, you've acquired these talents. And you know, you gave me the hint before, and I never put the two together. You have an artist mother who makes these wonderful, wonderful pieces of art, and an engineer father. So you have that mechanical and artistic stream yeah. flowing together. Left brain, left brain, right brain. So yeah, so so you yeah, so you have kind of this predisposition stuff, but you know, most of it is acquired. 
do, do you think that that someone who who maybe has parents who who I don't know I don't want to disparage any profession, <laughs> but, but you know maybe a, a numbers runner or something, and mm -hmm. you know, but but do you agree that that most of what makes one confident, resilient, and competent? Do you think that most of what drives that is an acquired tendency to to just really want it badly enough? Yeah, I think so. Wanting it badly enough and realizing that, you know, you can want it bad enough, but it doesn't mean that anything's going to change if you're not going to serve yourself. So it's kind of that mm -hmm. self-love, like, mm -hmm. you know, I want something this bad, then you know what, I'll get it for myself and Pay it'll be price. all, yeah, it'll, yeah. it'll work itself out. And um, it's kind of my way to, you know, give myself love. It's just like, if I really want this, you know, I remember being in a college apartment and saying, oh man, I really wish I had these curtain rods and this and that. And, you know, I didn't even have a single, I think I had a hammer and a, you know, maybe a Phillips head screwdriver at the time. And, you know, at the time I was like, well, you know what? I really, really want these curtains up. I'm going to have to do it for myself. And I was so happy. And I felt like, uh, such a pat on the my back for it. And I was just, um, I just realized, you know, like that's a form of self-care too, that you can do those things for yourself because in the end you're just serving, serving yourself. And like, you just are better in your life, just incremental amounts, you know, incremental mm -hmm. bits at a time. And, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. over a while, over, you know, a lifetime, you're going to be able to find yourself just navigating a road that's truer to what you really want out of life. And I think that's like really important, you know, still, still navigating that life. It's all, you know, it's mm -hmm. all the journey, but appreciating it along the way, you know, that's really important. So. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But, but I think Samira, I think the reason I liked, I, I, I wanted to have you on this podcast was because, you know, I think that you, you emulate the fact that you've, you've shaped your life exactly the way it needs to be shaped and that is what i call self-fulfillment and i i would like to say that uh, i appreciate your coming on so thank you samira i do appreciate yeah. it i love you, you and your wonderful 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 daughter-in-law thank and, you uh, i couldn't be more blessed oh that's so kind love you too <laughs> And listen, uh, I hope you like our, our podcast today and you could uh, send us an email and just tell me how wonderful Samira was or any other question you might have. And that would be at selfcoachinghelp at AOL.com. So it's one word, selfcoachinghelpaol.com. And why don't you visit my website? It's selfcoaching.net, where you could learn more about our self-coaching philosophy and until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle, well, it's not an option. By definition, victims are powerless, and you are not powerless. So take a lesson from Samira, and remember that everything is hard until you make it simple. So join me next week and every week. And what do you say we make it simple together? Believe in yourself. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Hold